The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Welcome everyone to Walk the Mile. Thank you for listening once again, or if you're a first time listener, great to have you here. (laughs) Today we have our Head of Design and Technology, Caroline O'Sullivan. Welcome Caroline, how are you? Thanks Mr Lee Lindsay, I'm great, thank you. (laughs) Very excited to be here. Uh, It's good to have you here. (laughs) Caroline and I have talked about this for a while, about what what we're going to talk about today. And we've come up with lots of ideas in the past. But we've forgotten half of them. <laughs> That's right. But we are going to talk about what she does and design and technology in the school. We've talked to a few different heads of departments and about what their department does. Design and technology is a, quite a, an interesting one. I think when I was at school, it was not called design and technology. I think this no. is right. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. We had a woodwork department yep. which, which had whole bunch of lathes in it and all I remember is putting blocks of wood on the lathes <laughs> and making table lengths that never went on tables. And yeah, was... what was the point of them? You just kept turning them that That's went right. nowhere. That's right. There was just a huge crate of table legs. Exactly. Learned how to use a chisel. <laughs> yeah. And then the other part was um, home economics. Ah, you had home economics. I did home economics for my HSC and let me tell you, the reason why I did home economics for my HSC is because there was a woman who used to look after all the food and her name was Deidre. Yeah. And myself and my best friend decided to do home economics for our HSC because she used to give us free ice cream. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And how did you go in that subject? Not very well. <laughs> Not very well at all in my HSC, but that's for another podcast. It's a very science-based course, I believe. That's the, right. The old, now called Food Tech. Food Tech, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I'm imagining that here at Skeggs, it's very different. Can you tell us what is it like here? What do you, what do you offer? Sure. And well, I guess, like following on from that, it's, a, it's an incredibly interesting subject because that's exactly where it started. Um, over uh, 20 or 30 years ago, it was still this um, group of subjects which were technical based and they were very gender based because um, Sydney, New South Wales and particularly Sydney being such a single sex educational culture as it's always been, so many schools being male or female, um, they were built with the intention that those technical subjects, generally speaking, were woodwork and metalwork in the boys' schools. And textiles and food in the girls. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting because Mm. I went to a co-ed school and Ah. myself and my friend were the only ones who did home economics. Ah. And for the wrong reason. (laughs) 
Were there any girls taking the woodwork courses? No. No, no yeah. So even though it was co-ed, yes. there was still that division That's right. yeah, within, That's right. the, within the subjects. So um, Nessa, in all its fabulous thinking, um, decided back in around, uh, I think, 2003 to um, completely reinvent all of these technical-based subjects um, into a broader uh, project or a broader syllabus called Design and Technology. And that's had some evolutions over the years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really interesting and uh, it, in it, it, it in itself is, you know, very much a contemporary subject. It is what you learn and what we're using today is completely different to five or six years ago. And yeah, right. Yeah, so, so teachers in our area often come from a really broad range of skills. Miss right. um, Chadwick is a, a fabulous textiles expert. Mm-hmm. Miss Cecil is a a really good food tech teacher, yeah, great food scientist. And Miss Tring and myself were actually visual arts teachers. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and we retrained in the design and tech area, yeah. And why was that? Why did you retrain in that area? Well, um, I'd been living abroad, and I'd finished university, and there was an oversupply of art teachers, and I was desperate to teach. I couldn't pour beers anymore at the pub, I was over it. So I went overseas and lived in Japan for a few years and landed on my feet and worked as an art teacher in an, in an international school. Uh, but I wanted to come back only to find that the situation hadn't changed. Right. And so uh, some a family member said, look, I hear that this area design and technology, which I had never heard of because yeah. I didn't even have it at my school. Yeah, I didn't hear of it until I came to Skeggs. Yeah, we didn't even have... I went to Vinnie's and like Skeggs, we didn't even have... We didn't have kitchens, yeah. um, so um, so like the leadership at Skeggs and the um, Sisters of Charity down the road, they didn't want girls learning home ec. Yeah, right. They were they were aiming and aspiring for some higher education thinking. Right. Thank God, because I'm not a fan of teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I retrained. I heard about this area, design and technology, but they retrained me in woodwork and metalwork. Right. And I then went found myself in the boys school just across the road here at st mary's cathedral and i quickly learnt on my feet um, with the support of some great other teachers um, how to weld and build furniture and so i thought i would miss the visual arts field but i actually never looked back wow that's yeah great. i just loved it i think i was always always a tinkerer right. like from a kid i would try and make a go-kart out of cardboard right. or a a, you know a treehouse out of cardboard and I didn't know how to make anything but I wanted to know how to make things yeah and you had that creative spirit of, within you yeah and it I came guess out so. in visual arts I guess yeah well that was the field I felt like I could like express my creativity but I actually think I've always been a maker I like making making and building yeah, right. functional things and and learning how to do it and so you know, because girls don't grow up in that world and in that space where you're not tinkering and playing with um, toys and engineering toys and thinking spatially, mm-hmm. you're kind of not having those same experiences. And yeah, so right. as soon as it came to me much later in my teaching career, it, I just, it just really, really um, grabbed me. I just loved it. And do you see that in students as well, like them coming to that realisation that that's part of their creative spirit that they like to tinker not so much it, it could be you know they might also do visual arts as well yes but it's not yeah. just painting or drawing but it's actually 
making something like, as you said, you know, the go-kart or... Yeah, exactly. If you know how to do th- something. I think it was Bloom who said, um, once you know how something works, you see the world through different eyes. And right. I've always um, loved that quote because it is about unlocking the mystery of something if it's engineered or, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like the unknown, how on earth does that work? And yeah. if a student can learn to build it themselves, yeah. like we just did hydraulic arms with U10 this year, that was so much fun. And the simple engineering principles you learned by putting this kit together um, really did kind of bring that wow moment to your understanding yeah, right. of simple motion and force and things okay. like that yeah so how important then when you're talking about engineering and i guess there's a certain amount of even it might be unbeknown a certain amount of physics involved in that yeah how how much does science or maths come into design and technology yeah, that's a good point good question so we're quite lucky because when you think about our department and our expertise None of us come from science or maths yeah. backgrounds. But the world of the subject areas in our KLA, in our design and technology or technology courses, um, obviously it's very different um, for our wonderful IST and IPT that Miss Rumpler teaches. A lot more logistics in that and logical thinking around the systems that she teaches the students. But in the DT, we just kind of breeze it through it because right. we don't have to understand the deep science of how a hydraulic arm might move. We just understand that you can build it quite simply. And then the key is, well, what would you do with it? How could you use this concept to build something that could change someone else's life? So they don't have to explain. That's exactly right. Yeah, you don't have to explain the mechanics. We just want our students to have that little bit of wow and knowledge and understanding mm, to keep applying that to their creative thinking. Yeah. Yeah, so great. it's a nice way of learning. And sorry, you mentioned IST and IPT. Yeah. Can you tell us about what they are? So the first one is the 9 and 10 program, the Information Systems Technologies. Um, and 11 and 12 is called Information Processes Technology, right. which I still struggle to understand. I love the difference between them. <laughs> So these are the um, standardised nine, uh, stage four and uh, five and six computer um, courses being offered at the moment. Um, They are changing. Um, NASA is writing new ones that are slightly different to what they are now. But this is where you learn if you really do like um, the world of digital technologies, Mm. you actually learn a lot more of how they actually work. Right. Um, the great programming we have down there is also through Miss Rumpler's really creative program is that she teaches her students how things work by actually making them as well. Right. So, so she, they're actually designing things through their exactly, computer work. Exactly. She'll teach you how to um, build an app, how to build wow. an animation, wow. how to build virtual reality. So yeah. you, it's for that, for that student who really does like to tinker in the digital world. Yeah. And to have that... That depth and knowledge is really, really valuable in today's world. Yeah, because it opens, it sounds to me like it's a subject which, and I guess you could say this about any subject, but in some ways it opens up to a lot more, a, a wider variety of occupation in a way. Would you say so? Or am yes. I, am I yeah. saying the wrong thing here? Yeah, no, I, I guess it does. It's worse. It, what it is, is 21st century skills Mm. so the more you do understand about how digital technologies work the more flexibility you'll have as a creative thinker 
because technology is always going to be in our world. Yeah. So if you can think, oh, well, I know how to code. I know how coding works. I don't need to be a great coder, but I understand the algorithms of coding and how you build a line of code and, and what the statements look like and how you test it and so forth. And if that's linked to the apps that we use in everything we do, yeah. then if you're finding yourself in a world or an industry or career where you can apply that knowledge to a much bigger problem-solving exercise, yeah, right. then that's where it's very valuable. Yeah, right. yeah, you don't have to be the coder, but it's important you know why and how coding works. Just like as we move forward, it's really important that our students know what artificial intelligence is yeah, right. and how it works and what it can do. So it will play a large part of, and it already is, of our futures. So yeah. these are the things that are important. And it's important because, as you say, you know, as things progress and as people, just talking career-wise, I guess have to keep up with certain careers, their thinking needs to progress as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, Ways, not just what they know, not just knowledge, yes. but ways of thinking about things. And, and ways processes. of thinking about things and applying it. Yeah. So on one side, you learn how to use technologies or you learn how technologies are made. But the other skill set that's so important is that creative critical thinking. Yeah. And then if you can see a problem or if you're asked to resolve something, how would you use this knowledge right. or your ability to engage technologies to come up with creations and solutions. Yeah, right. Do you think that technology has the opportunity, let's say, the opportunity to get in the way of creativity? Like what you were talking about at the beginning, about just tinkering with things and making things out of cardboard. Yes. Can it, in what ways might it get yeah. in the way of that type of creativity? Or, or is it a different creativity we're talking about? Yeah, I, I, yeah good question. Um, I think that comes down to the individual because, you know, creative process and being a creative person um, can present in so many different ways. And I guess the best example I would possibly give is that, you know, the team I work with, are, you know, all came from very hands-on experiences. Miss mm. uh, Cecil is um, really great at millinery work. And uh, Miss um, Tring is a fabulous jewellery maker. And as we know, Miss Chadwick was a brilliant textiles designer. Mm. And what we have all noticed over these years, as, as a lot of our teaching um, takes us into these more contemporary technologies, CAD programs, laser cutting, 3D printing, creative coding, that we all kind of crave a lot of hands make and yeah, not making. Right. Right. And so much so that I just recently made a Muppet. Yeah, and it was a good Muppet too. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get home every night and get my foam out and the yeah, fur right. and my hot glue gun and, you know, and sculpt away and really working with my hands yeah. because I just loved it instead of this kind of removing yourself a little bit from the process. You're... Your, your mind is creating it, yeah. but the machinery is doing everything. Well, that's, yeah, when I walk into the design technology classroom and there's some machines I've got no idea what they do, yeah. and my guess is that some of them you can write a program on your computer and you send it there and yeah. there's your product. Yeah. But you're saying there's something different about getting all the pieces yes. and putting it together. Yeah, and so with that in mind, in most of the projects we do, we always um, start with prototyping. 
right. which is as simple as cardboard and sticky tape. Yeah. Um, so that you get a, it's it's more sustainable. You know, you have to then resolve and build problems. And then again, back to that kind of physics. Um, year seven have just started this week in their these small groups building my other favorite thing in the world, Rube Goldberg machines, which is a chain reaction machine right, that's yep. designed to do a very simple task in a very complex way. Right. And they're incredibly whimsical and really fun. Right. But while you're doing it, you're learning about force and motion. Yeah, right. And you've got to get it right. You've got to keep going back yeah. to the drawing board until you get yeah. your elevation right, the speed right, you know, the weight ratio of something yeah. right. So there's so much fun, which is very hands-on and yeah. very problem-solving. And do you ever come across students that have never done things like this before? Because I'm guessing that a lot of these kids have grown up in the digital age. Yes. And so they yeah. might not have thought it was that interesting to you know, get some wool and some straws and they yes. might have done it in preschool. Yeah. But do you ever come across students like that? Yeah. Um, I, I think from this week's reaction, they were, you said them were really enthusiastic. Great. They just loved it. You know, you give them so many things, you watch great videos, you kind of unpack what's happening and then you go, off you go. Yeah. And so I, I just saw, I saw it at, at almost like a pleasure to be away from the laptop. Mm. Um, you don't need it for anything. Yeah. Um, it's not going to solve your and fix your Rube Goldberg machine. Just thinking will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and I, I saw a lot of eyes looking at me, going, "How do I make?" I went, "Don't ask me. That's not my job. <laughs> That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a team. Sit down and think about it." So there's a lot of that. That has to be some buy-in there that yeah. you're going to resolve it not yeah. let someone tell you how to do it and that that problem solving is important isn't it in terms of totally. not just being able to google something yeah uh, how do i make a the machine and exactly watch a youtube video in order to do that but to actually stop and think well i've got the resources to be able to create this and it might take a while as i go through you yeah. know, trial and error that's right. That's exactly right. And we were talking yeah. before about ingenuity and innovation. Yes, because that's, that's really where it all comes together. Yeah. So I guess in a way, over you know, the years, we've really, one of our real focuses down in, um, in the TAS department is to make sure that we have a nice balance of the hands-on, mm. whether we're teaching um, students how to sew, because there's great value in knowing how to yeah. sew textiles together. Yeah. You know, great value and great um, reward in it as well. Yeah. So at the same time, in one year, you'll learn how to use a laser cutter or 3D print or build a Rube Goldberg machine yeah. or a hydraulic arm so that we really like that balance of think for yourself and build or learn how to use this incredible technology yeah. to instantly make things as well. Because yeah. I think both those things are important. So with that in mind, I think what we're trying to do is always have a balance around ingenuity and innovation. Yeah. You know, the innovation are these amazing technologies that instantly think, draw, make. And that's what a laser cutter and a 3D printer can do. Mm. Um, but it's the ingenuity of the human brain yes, that exactly. is, is so much more important. And yeah. what else do you think they're learning from that, apart from I'm learning how to make this thing and then you have this physical object so yeah you, you've got your, your product what are some other things maybe you know 
characteristic type things that do you think they're learning through design and technology about themselves or about the world or about, you know, yeah. those well, deeper learnings? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question too. So I guess if you're engaging in any type of um, problem-solving exercises, um, you're building confidence mm. um, and, and, and the ability to resolve and not walk away. And it can be very easy to have, you know, hound dog eyes at your teacher, <laughs> wanting them to tell you what to do. Yeah. But if we stick to our um, plan, then that's not what we want to happen as the teaching and learning. And that not everything has to work. Yeah. You know, it's the process which is just as important. And that's a big focus for us. If I get back to that thinking about what a different world um, young boys grow up in with the toys they play with and the experiences and opportunities they have in boys' schools. Mm. We want to make sure that our students have exactly those same experiences. Yeah, right. Right. That they are more than happy to fail if something doesn't work. Yeah. It's not precious. Yeah. You know, it's I often tell year 12 students as they build and record and document what they do and I said, it's the only subject in the world where you'll get marks for failing. Yeah, right. You know, if it doesn't work, record it. There's yeah. marks in that. You know, yeah. that's what they're looking for. I like that idea that it's not about the the best or the never. Speaking yeah. of home economics, I remember we had to make a lemon meringue pie, <laughs> yeah. and so I made this pie, and it was terrible. And here I am confessing, mine was so terrible that I took someone else's who was, was good and took it home. <laughs> and my parents were so proud of me. It wasn't even my pie. Mr. Lee Lindsay, I love hearing your stories of school, your HSC year. It was not good. <laughs> so many of them. Um, when I was um, over at St. Mary's, and I loved my time there, I was getting a bit sick of making mum trees and leather key wallets, but <laughs> it was time to leave, that's for sure. But um, I really enjoyed teaching boys how to make furniture and, yeah. and world. Yeah. And I remember being, and I, I really enjoyed developing skills in it too, and I remember I was at a party once and I was talking to someone, a woman, and I asked, the, asked her what she did and she said, oh, I work at the office, the office of Women for the government. And I said, what's that? She said, oh, we look at gender equality policy and assess private and government organisations' policies on gender equality for women. I went, oh, that's really interesting. And she said, what do you do? And I said, I teach woodwork and metalwork at a boys' school. <laughs> Until it came out of my mouth, I went, mm, that's interesting too, isn't it? That's a bit out of the norm. <laughs> no, well, that's right. I, mean, yeah. I, I can imagine when I was at school, yeah, if we had a female teacher. In the workshop. Then, yeah. <laughs> we would have been thrown right out. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. But um, then I kind of moved on from there and I actually thought I wanted, I wanted to know how to sew. I thought I've learned that. I've done yeah. that. Yeah. And I knew of a great school over in North Sydney that had some great uh, design and technology programs happening with laser cutters mm, and so forth. Mm. And I moved over there and just kept developing those skills. Yeah. And the more I learned to use, um, the more that, you know, Trish Tring likes to call it your toolbox yeah. of skills just opens opportunities for you to build and make. Yeah. And so that's what I've always wanted. I've always wanted our girls to have those experiences. That's great. Do you think there is still that gendered belief around who does what in terms of design and technology 
yeah. the women are in this section, the men are in this section. You know, even I was reading an article a little while ago about this woman who's got her own building company and just that they had an article about a woman who had her own building company, which is great, but it was like... Her stories would have been... Yeah, yeah you know, it was... Yeah. It was it was, it's a wow thing. It's, it's a wow it's thing. It's abnormal. Yeah, grabs yeah. your attention. Oh, he's a woman. Yeah, yeah. And so we're still not there, are we? No, we've got a long way to go. Unfortunately, the single sex schools in, in Sydney and New South Wales too, as we said, were built around these gender-based technology, technique, techniques teaching areas. It means that most of them are still heavily resourced like that. Yeah, right. Um, so if they went co-ed... Um, the girls would walk in and everyone just learns woodwork and metalwork still. So until we, you know, we learn how to have more eclectic resources and spaces and fairer representation, you know, that's, um, it's, a, it's a big issue because that, that equal playing field mm. for young women going into university is super important. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the statistics, no matter, you know, how many girls' schools or co-ed schools are focused on lifting the skill set and confidence of women technologists yes um, designers and technologists yeah. the dropout rate in engineering is still really high right not in just first amongst year women or in amongst women right. yeah so unfortunately that's still very high across the world that it's at the tertiary level where there's just too much male representation um, and um, it, it, that can be quite overwhelming in that kind of representation. They're trying. I know that universities are mm. trying to mm. um, change that. Mm. But we definitely saw the opportunity was for us to make sure that we set our students off with the right skill sets should they go into engineering. Yeah. What do you put it down to, the dropout rate, just because it's not as well supported for women? It's not well supported. Um, there's probably a lot of undertones of male kind of assumption of knowledge and, and and kind of, I think women, I think young women going into engineering might not necessarily have had that learning and spatial experience that um, a lot of boys have naturally had. Mm -hmm. So they know they want to investigate and be in a world of engineering, but it's almost like they're starting from behind mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of courage to catch up yeah, right. it can be very you can very quickly feel quite overwhelmed um, when you do in, into tertiary education you don't quite have the same skill set everyone else has because yeah. there's an assumption that you can use CAD programs you do have some basic engineering principles right. you can build something quite quickly because you can put some mechanisms together yeah. and so that's why those things are important yeah. they're just as important as textiles and design or you know having our students focus on social design or environmental sustainability mm. you know just going back to those basics uh, yeah. of those technologies or principles of engineering are important yeah um there's a greatest american uh, writer who has a great quote that says you can't use up creativity the more you use it the more you develop it right and it's a muscle so that's why having a consistent engagement and creative process mm -hmm. okay we're going to learn how to do this and then i'm going to give you a brief and you're going to apply that right. or i'm going to start with the brief and say uh you need to solve this problem um and you can use a variety of technologies or design methods to do it um but we're going to address a real social issue so 
it doesn't matter what it is as long as you're constantly engaging in that problem solving yeah, right. and applying research to your thinking, yeah. delving down into the thinking, well, why would you do that? Well, why would I think that? And why would I need that? So that you have to really have relevance and proof of the necessity of what you're doing. Right. So that they're all really important skills. You yeah. can start in high school. Yeah. You can start them in primary school. Um, and I just believe that the more we give those or we engage in those skills with students, again, that's going to set our students ahead of the game in university. Yeah. You know, just like collaborative work is so important now as well. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's the way of the future. You know, you need to be able to solve problems. Yeah. You know how we're talking about um, ingenuity and innovation. I think the whole, uh, this is the topic we did remember because I forgot all the others, Mr. Lee Lindsay. Um, I was fascinated, like the rest of the world, with the story of the Thai um, boys soccer team. Okay, yeah. They got trapped in the cave up in Chiang Mai. And as the world stopped and watched with bated breath if, it would, if they would find them and yeah. if they would survive yeah. and then if they could get them out, like everything was against that story, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It was just uh, extraordinary. Yeah. But to me, having been a teacher in this area now for a long time, where we're always looking at innovation and the impact of technologies on people and environments and so forth, the good and the bad. And when Elon Musk came along and, you know, had a great idea, but it wasn't really going to happen. And it did have some controversy around that story mm. as well. But he offered to build... I don't know how quickly he was going to build it and ship it there. Some <laughs> sure. mini submarine which yeah. would navigate the caves and take one boy out at a time or something that could be remotely moved through the caves and so forth. But all those extraordinary people on the ground that they themselves, when you watch the documentaries, and I've watched so many of them, mm. were very left of centre people. You're right. And they even claimed to be that. They said, you look, I never liked team sports. I was terrible at it. You know, and they were doctors and vets yeah, and really yeah. interesting people. They said, I loved cave diving. I liked the, you know, the, I guess the, the darkness and, the, and almost wow. the solitude of it and the unknown of it. It takes a really interesting person to be passionate about that. Yeah, right. You know, there's a lot of fear in it as yeah, well. Yeah. And when they brought all those incredible people together and, and they were so successful in bringing all those boys out, it dawned on me that, that that whole project, that whole event, was based on ingenuity, not innovation. Right. It wasn't based on technology. Yeah. There was yeah. nothing new in the technology they yeah. used. It was diving gear and, and, and um, anaesthetic, wasn't and it? They, and they would have had to yeah. start from scratch, really, didn't they? Yeah. It was, really it was what ingenuity is, which is creative, clever, problem solving, mm. using the mind and the skills mm. and the knowledges and experiences that you've had yeah. to come up with with really clever plans. Do you ever feel, oh sorry, is it ever difficult for you to not step in when you see someone making something and you think that's not going to work or oh, well, I think it'd be better to do something differently? Is it hard <laughs> for you to, to hold back? Well, it's so funny you should say that because I was just responding and reading my student surveys. And one student had said, what was it? It was a great quote. I had to put it in my reflection letter. It was, um, 
you don't let us do what we want to do. (laughs) (laughs) And my response to that was, oh, well, that's a good point to reflect on. I've either got to let every student do exactly what they want to do and keep my grubby paws off everything or learn how to be better at convincing them it was their idea in the first place. <laughs> That's, That's tricky, what I have to do, yeah. It's tricky, isn't it? As a, as a teacher, I think you want, as you say, ingenuity. You want people to, to think on their feet. Yeah. To have to use their own problem solving, all of that. You want that. But at the same time, how do you do that? without sort of stepping in or without you've got to encourage them yes, sometimes exactly. push them along give them some guidance but without letting them find their own way there yes and i think i know for myself it takes a bit of patience yeah. sometimes it's hard to yeah you know you just wait and wait and wait and yeah i think that's a great question we talk about that in our department all the time and i think it's finding that right balance between mm. support and independence yeah and um, you want people to succeed, but I guess, you know, I guess we can all be better at it by, by learning to write the ask, write, ask the right questions and not give the right response. Yeah. And, and to get people to see if they can resolve that themselves. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah. that's great in all aspects of life, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's nothing we can actually do, you know, when people are in crisis, yeah. often we can't change the situation for them yes but being a support and being there with them in it yeah and having that patience just to go through with whatever the process be um helping them to work it out for themselves i think that's yes it's an important practice which again is what you're talking about in your subject yeah that's yeah you're right and that's important at that year 12 level these are independent projects it's Mm. the student's idea and the student's Mm. project and finding that right amount of have you thought about this um but leaving it up to them you know it's your Mm. project in in terms of creativity and as you quoted that quote that you used before about creativity doesn't end it just sort of builds on itself so it keeps developing what's your for this subject for this department or whatever you want to call it what would you hope the the ideal would be? Um, well, I thought about um, discussing as a bit of a long-term goal um, in the future. So first of all, no, I'd have to say the first one is, I think we're passionate about our students being really confident mm-hmm. and confident designers and technologists so that they can pick up technology, know how it works, yeah, and design, right. create creative solutions. And that they can do it. And they can do it. Yeah. And we want them to play on an even field with their male counterparts as they <laughs> go into the world. We really want that for them. Right. We want to build those numbers and that representation. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's going to remain our biggest um, focus in the contemporary time. And the second one I really want to explore now is I want to try a future goal where we might be able to turn everything we do in our department from year 7 to 12 must have strong, sustainable um, footprints. Okay. So we would look at every material we use, every way we prototype, um, and try to see, is that possible? Because we are a heavy resource department. We waste a lot of material. Right. And we're conscious of it and we're, we're trying to mend 
that and fix that. But we're also trapped in the wonderful creativity that we yeah. can bring to the students. Yeah. And I guess that would be a problem for design technology in all sorts of fields. It, it, right. is. it, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. But it's not impossible. Mm. You know, some of the best and cleverest projects are made from upcycled materials. Yeah. Right. And they continue to be. You know, so or so I think I think there's it's a possibility. We might not get to a hundred percent in the near future, but mm. we could definitely really make a difference in, in and therefore we would hopefully have um, an impact on, on our students as consumers and 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 understanding the value of materials. That's mm. really important moving forward. And just to, to finish off with, I guess when we started talking about doing a podcast, it was during COVID times <laughs> and you were interested in online shopping. I'm, I'm just wondering, what's your... What's now I'm going to have to think on my feet because I literally cannot remember what this big philosophy I had that was about. Yes, it. you had a, a philosophy behind I online did, shopping. I did, I did. It well, was that, almost like a let new... Let me just make it easier for you. What's the latest thing... I've bought online. Oh, there you go. Interesting thing. Oh my God. Okay, so I was on holidays recently, and um, you know, put down my book to just scroll on my phone. Stupid idea. And I ended up buying the latest innovation in toilet brush cleaners. (laughs) (laughs) Which is? They're silicon and soft with these um, kind of silicon. Um, Brussels that get up into that crevice that's so hard to clean (laughs) and I saw it was on sale and got sucked into it and bought two for fifty dollars wow why did I waste fifty dollars on two toilet brush cleaners (laughs) they arrived I unpacked them and I went dope I've been foiled again (laughs) (laughs) and are they much different was there much ingenuity put it not much innovation in them no no are they going to make my bowl cleaner and more sparkling i doubt it so there you go i'm still stuck in the world of instagram shopping i can't get away from it well there's your philosophy can't get away from instagram shopping. i need it i must have it well good to talk to you today thanks for sharing your thoughts and giving us a bit more insight into the world of design and technology. (laughs) No worries, it was lovely to talk to you too. (laughs) Yeah, good on you. Well, yeah, thanks Thanks, Mr. Lee Lindsay, that was great fun. My pleasure, anytime. (laughs) If anyone's got any questions about design technology or a bit more about Caroline's online shopping (laughs) expeditions, by all means, let me know and I'll be more than happy to connect you with them. Thanks for listening again. Hope you're all well. Look forward to seeing you around. Take care. Bye.